views expressed during this show are mine and my co-host alone and not reflective of any particular political party or organization. Welcome to Purple Politics, a discussion between the red and the blue here in the woodlands. I'm Amy Hamrick-Lewis, the new chair of the Montgomery County Democratic Party. And again this week, I'm joined by local conservative Sean Thompson. Thanks Not for being the here. Republican precinct <laughs> chair. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Got sworn in this week, so. Awesome. Yeah. But the parties terms. ensue. Right. <laughs> Do you mind me asking before sure. we, because we have topics of the day. What exactly does that entail? What are your duties, responsibilities, and maybe your jurisdiction? Sure. So I lead the Democratic Party for the county. Okay. So for Montgomery County. And that's the whole county. The whole county. Okay. So legally, we are tasked in Texas law for holding our primary election. Okay. So one of my in-stone legal duties is to conduct the primary election. Um, and then beyond that, we, um, I then lead the uh, county executive committee. And Brian and I talked about this in a, in a previous episode, but... The county executive committee is the chair. It's every elected precinct chair. Okay. So every voting precinct, there's 100 in Montgomery County, can elect their own. The Republicans elect their own precinct chair, and then we elect our Democratic precinct chairs. Gotcha. So our Democratic county executive committee is me and those precinct chairs, and then we elect um, and the rest of our officers, deputy chair, treasurer, secretary, and sergeant of arms, to do the business gotcha. of the party. So we, you know... Um, have do our budget we have funds that we are um county parties are also general PACs, um political i was just about to ask if this counts as a right. pack or it not. does so there are of course legal rules around how you can um, accept donations what you can do with that money so we have to report to the texas ethics commission on a regular basis just like um, other PACs do like candidates have to um, that sort of thing. So. Interesting. And what's the uh, the length of the term? It's two, it's about two years. Okay. We started a little bit late this year because it is the term starts the twentieth day after the primary runoff. Gotcha. And since our primary runoff was delayed by about two months, our term was delayed about two months. So generally speaking, we turn over in June, and so my term will run through about June twenty twenty two. If I were you, I'd hold out for the full year and just, you know, <laughs> demand change. Well, congratulations on that. Thank That's you great. very much. Thank you. So, speaking of primaries and mm -hmm. elections, we were going to talk a little bit today about the situation with mail-in ballots. Right. Definitely a hot-button topic here. Yes. And definitely uh, some firmly entrenched positions. My gut-o-meter says that we're probably not going to agree on a lot of aspects of this. I'm eager to dive into this conversation here. Right. Well, um, I'll start off by saying that, the, the again, I don't speak for the, for the state party um, or even really the county party, just for myself, but as Democrats, I can um, confidently say the state party believes in making voting as our fundamental right in a republic as easy and safe as it can be for registered voters. So we do believe in mail-in ballots. And in fact, earlier this year, we took the state to court to get make it easier to do mail-in ballots here in Texas. So a little bit of history, and I'm sure you know this, in Texas, you can automatically request a mail-in ballot if you are over 65 
no matter your health status or anything, once you hit 65, you are eligible to, to vote by mail. And if you have a disability, whether it is a lifelong disability or if it's a short-term issue, if you have a broken leg and you find it too difficult uh, to get to the polls during an election, you can uh, ask for a mail-in ballot. So you can have a dis. We usually say disability, but it's actually a disability or illness. Mm -hmm. That means that it would be a, a detriment to your health to vote in person. You can request a mail-in ballot. So that's the state party, the Texas Democratic Party, took the state to, to court, saying that it was discrimination based on age, that the Constitution gives us the right at 18 to vote, and that that's not supposed to be. Altered. And since people 65 and older have the right to vote by mail, all voters should have the right to vote by mail. There was also a court case, there's been several court cases, um, that since there is no natural immunity to COVID and everybody is at risk if they are in the same room as somebody who's positive, that that counts as an illness that should be covered. So we were turned down. We, we took it up and they, I've can't remember if we won at one level and then the state appeal, but either way, you know, we worked our way up through the system because mm -hmm. every time somebody loses, they're going to appeal, <laughs> uh, whichever side. Hello, SCOTUS. Right. And we did eventually take one of the cases to the Supreme Court. And the U.S. Supreme Court, not Texas. So I'm, yes, thank you. The U.S. Supreme Court. Awesome. And it was, it did not go in our favor. Okay. It was not a, I'm not going to get the wording 100% correct. It was not like this is a done deal and now and forever, it was, we're not going to decide this for the primary runoff, that, that this is what we believe we're leaning, you know, but, but if you come back with a, a different argument or address our concerns, we will hear it again. So right. I'm not sure what the legal No, that makes sense. Frequently, is. a higher court can say, you know, for whatever reason we're not listening to this, we are reverting it to the lower court, adapt accordingly, and right. it could always come back up. So we did not win. So we were not able to say that COVID in and of itself is a reason to get a mail-in ballot. But the Texas Supreme Court, when they made their initial ruling before we appealed that, they did say that it is up to the whoever administers the elections in your county to, to decide their own, how they're accepting their ballots. And on the, the actual legal application to request a mail-in ballot, you do not have to say what your disability is. In fact, there's no space to say what your disability is. You say I would presume the HIPAA would kind of cover right, that. Right, right, and the ADA as well. Um, and that used to be, years ago, that you had to have a doctor's signature, mm -hmm. but they've taken that away as well. So, so you can say, you know, if you have, if you're high risk, if your doctor feels that if you come in contact with COVID and get it, that you have a high chance of having serious issues, you can consider, you know, it's up to you to self-define what your illness and disability are. Mm -hmm. So they, they did leave some room for interpretation at the local level. But it's not the, the hard, fast victory gotcha. that we wanted. So, um, so it did, you know, we had people who would have, we had voters who would have applied for mail-in ballots had it been open to interpretation, mm -hmm. um, or I mean open to everybody, but because it wasn't, because it was open to interpretation, they decided not to risk legal uh, issues with, because the attorney general 
Ken Paxton did say that if he found out that the people were requesting ballots solely because of COVID, that he would consider prosecuting, mm-hmm. which I think is horrific. I mean, we are we're in a pandemic. We have people who are qualified voters in Texas. There is no question that they have the right to vote. They are citizens. They have not committed felonies. They are 100% without doubt have the right to vote. And all it is is that you're quibbling over whether or not they should do that with the mail-in ballot process that is in place or forcing them to take their health, put their health at risk by going into the ballot box. I mean, I just, I don't see how that's defensible. Okay, well. But you're going to try and defend it. It's up to me to defend it. Here we go. Um I got to start off the bat because obviously I'm, I'm new. We're still learning each sure. other, and you know it's easy for you to say, "Who the heck is this guy here <laughs> sitting across from me?" He's no Brian. Uh, one of the things that makes the 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 veins throb in my temple is someone tries to compare like the United States to another country. Why don't mm-hmm. we do like this in Norway? I will gladly debate that all day long. Why it's just difficult to do that. However, you can't help. But say, well, this court says this. It's not it's outside of Texas. I'm going to try and keep in Texas as much as possible on this. Uh, but I'll probably be citing, well, in uh, uh, North Carolina they did this and, and so forth and so on. Uh, so that being said, I don't know this number. How many – so the election entities are at the precinct level, county level, state, and federal, If I'm if I'm hearing this right. I have no idea of the numbers, but I'm guessing since there are like 15,000 school districts in the nation, there's probably a comparable number of election jurisdictions. By jurisdiction, you mean? Who sets the rules for that oh, area? okay. Kind um, Let's say there's a lot. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I hate <laughs> guessing the numbers, which is why I have a little cheat sheet of numbers <laughs> here, because I, I don't like saying, well, billions of people. Um but I think we could say there's a lot. Yeah. Now, my primary argument, and we're going to touch on ballot harvesting and mail fraud, and all, we will touch on that, of course. We can't not. But my primary issue with the push right now for a universal mail-in vote is infrastructure-based. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a conversation on, on Facebook, so it's not really a conversation. Someone posting, well, if I can get my Social Security card and my passport and everything mm-hmm. through, through the mail. And my response was, with the exception of filing taxes, everything that was on this list was coming to us from the from the giving entity to mm-hmm. us. I received my driver's license through the mail. I received my passport. I received this check. Uh, only filing our taxes is, of that list, the only one that goes from us through the post office to them. And I checked out the IRS government website that said that most recent uh, elections, 90% of filers are filing electronically now. It's mm-hmm. just unheard of, which means nine out of every 10 people are saying post office, no thanks. I was a little glib in my uh, response to this person saying, if you had the winning lottery ticket, would you mail it in to get your winnings? Mm-hmm. If you're comfortable with that and not putting a tracking number, that was kind of glib, but I was trying to... you have to mail no. in your lottery ticket? No, no. You go to the nearest lottery office. Mm. And if you win the lottery, this is just a PSA. <laughs> Form an LLC beforehand so yes. your your heirs can get it. Just And think of us 
when, right. when, you, when you do as a finder's <laughs> fee. Uh, so I was a little glib on that, but just the, the concept to say, well, we get all these things, mailing it in. So when even the one thing that every American of voting age is supposed to do, if they make a certain amount of money, 90% are choosing not to use the post office. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, the post office is not a government entity. That's why it's USPS.com, not .gov. But they are constitutionally protected. That They are a constitutionally necessary entity. So I'm not anti-post office. Love the post office. I love absentee voting. Uh, I grew up a military brat overseas. You did a lot. So, yeah. It was, well, your family, not yeah, you as a child. Part and parcel. <laughs> uh, my first election was actually 1984. Uh, when I moved back to America, I was 18 years of age, and, and uh, or 19 at that point. And by God, you know, mm -hmm. That was fascinating, by the way, uh, uh, especially after being out of the country for so long. Anyhow, so with the infrastructure... Twelve states right now are attempting to go pure mail-in. Now, of course, we, we should say, everyone's, if you want to go mail you can still go in person to vote. No one is saying you can't do that. I have a possible concern of should universal mail-in voting be rushed through, that the next logical step is, well, now you don't have to go out to vote, so now we're going to get rid of in-person voting. So there, there's that. I don't think the United States Post Office is anywhere near ready, uh, capability-wise, to handle this influx. Now, of course, you can some states you can actually start now with it. That's the personal thing I'm not a fan of because there are too many October surprises. Why vote now when we haven't had a debate yet? But that's your personal choice. So if it is to be opened up, there are plenty of states out there that do have mail-in voting. Those procedures are in place. They're used to it. I think for this particular general election, which is conceivably one of the most important general elections for decades and possibly for decades to come, I think this is a country-changing, possibly, general election. Mm -hmm. To throw such an X factor into it is very disconcerting mm -hmm. to me. So... To your point about if we make this so that everybody can vote and then the next step is there's no in-person voting, definitely would not be for that. I mean, I, you know, we're the party of choice and that extends to more than just uh, reproductive choice. So it definitely would never want to get rid of in-person voting. I think that it's really easy to worry about the post office. And yes, you're right. When when things come in mass, it is more towards us from the post office than otherwise. But then you think about heavy times of year like holidays, Christmas. Um, and yes, there are slowdowns and things like that. But in general, the process works very, very, very well. And that's mail going all over from individuals to individuals, from companies to individuals. And you know, we're not shutting down the whole process. It's, it's obviously even with any sort of slowdown or occasional misdirection, it's not to the point where people are like, well, this just doesn't work at all. We need a different way. And I think that there are safeguards in place. Now, I, I know that there have been problems in New York with the slowdown in counting. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to look into it enough to see where the problem was and how large their districts are that are, that are counting and if that's the problem. Um, so I just know about here in Texas. Mm -hmm. 
And here in Texas, you know, it's, so for people who don't know how it works, when the, when the, um, when you request a mail-in ballot, you sign it. Hmm. And then you have to sign the outside of it. There's a, you know, to prove that it's not been opened. And they keep that application. And they send you your ballot and you sign your ballot. And then you you sign the outside so they can tell that the seal hasn't been broken. And then they compare them. So there's a ballot board that meets every day for however long it takes, usually about a week. And they compare the signatures. They match them all up and they compare the signatures on every ballot to make sure that they match. So there is a process in place already. And as far as increasing the numbers, it increases their workload. But I don't see it as as a system that's just going to fall apart. You know, there's there's a plan. You just scale it up. You know, we have every voting precincts in Texas cannot have more than 5,000 voters. So every time... I did not know that. It's yep. interesting. So every time an area grows and hits that 5,000 in an election, every even year, they look at... Um, which precincts hit that 5,000, and they break them apart, and we get more. So at the beginning of 2020, we gained four more precincts. We have 100 precincts now. Interesting. At the beginning, I believe it was 2016, same thing happened. We gained four. might have been 2018, but I believe it was 2016. Okay. So I feel like that's the same thing. Our, we have a structure in place, and as it grows, we expand it. You know, we have the infrastructure. We just keep going. We get four more voting locations every year. That means we need four more judges for each place. We need four more alternate judges. We need 10 to 12 more clerks. Yes, it's a little bit of a strain on the system, but we deal with the growth because we have the basic structure in place and then it grows. And as far as, you know, mailing it in, we aren't starting as early as now, but you can get your mail-in ballot um, significantly far enough ahead in the before the election that you have time to mail it in and track it and make sure it gets where it needs to go. And then if there's any problems, you can deal with that. And some people do with their mail-in ballots, um, send it, you know, spend the money to send it with a trackable way. You can FedEx it if you need to, to get it guaranteed overnight. May I cut in? Mm -hmm. Does that not put kind of an undue burden on to assure my vote, I have to pay money? I don't think you should have to pay money, but it is an option if you okay. feel like, you know, that it um, gives you peace of mind. But no, I don't think you should have to, mm -hmm. but it is an, it is an option too. Um, I mean, I know people that have gone out of town at the very last minute, not even having the election in mind and then realizing, shoot, now I'm out of town, I'm not going to be back in time, and paying to have their mail-in ballot overnighted to them so that they can then overnight back. So. Sorry, I'm reminded of Jack Swagger, the astronaut on Apollo 13, oh. who forgot to file. And he's, in, he's literally on his way to the moon going, I forgot to file. Oops. <laughs> can I file an extension from space? Sorry. To I think me. that should be a, yeah, that should be allowed. <laughs> but, you know, we have argued, every time we want to expand voter access to the polls, there's pushback from the Republicans that it's going to increase fraud. And it never has. Back when we were trying to get the motor voter bill passed, and it did pass under Bill Clinton, when Bush was still president, did not want 
to do it because being able to get your, you know, apply for your uh, voter registration at the same time that you got your driver's license was going to cause massive fraud somehow. And it didn't. Taking away uh, people, registrars that had to be the ones to help you fill, you know, get you registered to prove that you were who you were, we were able to do away with that and fraud did not increase. Every step we take to make voting easier has led just to more Americans voting, which is what we should be trying to attain. We should be trying to obtain as high a voter turnout, as high a percentage of voter registrants as we, as we can. And it has never been shown to drastically increase fraud. And in fact, the type of fraud that happens most often in Texas is things like people um, falsifying their addresses so that they can vote in specific areas that mm -hmm. they're really not entitled to vote in, um, which has nothing to do with the way that you mail in your ballot or you know, whether you go in person or mail it in. Mm -hmm. And uh, absolutely, um, I, I know a lot of the, the Democratic response is, well, there's not rampant fraud or there's not widespread fraud. Agreed. However, some of these races, especially with how our election process works, we have popular vote versus electoral college. Mm -hmm. Just let you know, I am all for the electoral college. We can get into that You're next. Right, <laughs> next week. Um, and for no other reason, I'll say that uh, in a national popular vote, Taco Bell was voted the nation's best Mexican food restaurant. If you have no other reason for the Electoral College, there's But that. is Taco Bell putting kids in cages? Well, well, that's another topic altogether, <laughs> but I think that goes back before 2016. <clears throat> but, uh, but but say with this, so, uh, golly, I, just, I was thinking about cages all of a sudden. What well, say? Let me re-grab re my thought here. Oh, uh, electoral college. You don't need widespread fraud or malfeasance. You don't need a million people voting fraudulently. You need a thousand people strategically placed to turn a 49% to a 51%. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear, well, it's not a lot of fraud, 6% of people cheat on their taxes, mm -hmm. according to the IRS. Um, doesn't mean, well, it's only 6%. But six, it's which six percent are cheating? That six people who make you know ten bucks an hour uh, for forty hours a week. My heart is with them. Six really rich people, not so, or six percent of really rich. That's what I'm saying. So to say it's a, well, there's a little bit of fraud, but not much. You don't need a whole bunch to change something. But it's infinitesimal. I mean, it's nowhere near 6%, first of all. And you're never going to get rid of fraud altogether. So if we're saying we have to get rid of fraud altogether, then we have to scrap voting altogether because there's no... I agree with you. There's no... There's, I mean, we're human beings no are flawed. There's absolutely no way to get rid of it altogether. Which is why when I was very, you know, I wanted to be sure that everyone knew it and you that my primary stance is on infrastructure. Uh, now I'm going to grab, grab my cheat sheet here, Justin. There's no ambushes or anything, but uh, you know, for uh, uh, was the uh, New York, for instance, because that just happened. It took six weeks for a city council election, so mm -hmm. we can just multiply that exponentially. Um, now, of course, this is a democratic city, county, and state. So when I talk about this, my concerns about infrastructure, I think, go beyond party lines. Mm -hmm. I know I'm saying, well, Republicans, we we don't want this. I would say this. 
I, I believe I would feel the same way if I voted the other way on this. Out of 403 ballots that were mailed out, 84,000 were disqualified, not counted, or invalidated, which is 21%. There were 30,000 in Brooklyn alone, primarily because of they arrived late, late, lacked postmarks, or they didn't have the signatures on the outside. A lot of that gets under the design. And again, that goes back to my original thing. I am not firmly opposed to mail-in voting. In fact, I, I want as many people as possible to vote. And I, so we actually agree on that. I want it easy. As we get more technology, I was alive for hanging chads. I was alive mm-hmm. for literally checking the box with a pencil, folding, putting in the box. Part of me misses those days, but I also <laughs> like being able to dial and have my mother try and explain it to her from across the room. And watching them try and do the touch screen that's not touch screen. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so without any purposeful fraud, 21% of the ballots were disqualified. Um, and the usual rejection rate is 1% mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a normal election. Um, Manhattan City lawyers said that they were actually mailing still mailing ballots the day before the primary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, it, of course, it took more than six weeks to certify the results. So that's for one city, for a city council. Right. Now, of course, it's New York. There's a lot of people. And I, I would want to get statistics more from here because we have seen an increase in mail-in ballots, and mm-hmm. I have not heard of those high numbers of issues. I should double-check, but I believe and I'm fairly certain I'm right, that you can drop off your ballot at Election Central. Yes. So as far as not having postmarks, like that's not, it just needs to show up and be not tampered with. Um, So, and then again, like the signatures, I mean, at some point there is voter responsibility, right? There are people who go to the ballot box and never hit cast ballot. Yes. And it has to be disqualified. And I see that as a very similar issue if you don't do the signature. You know, you've missed a step in the directions. That happens. Agreed. I I think a lot of it was the design that it was, again, it was rushed through. I'm all for this. I just, my primary concern is we are less than three months from a general election. Now's not the time to suddenly say, hey, let's add this. And I don't know... I mean, trying to to compare that to Texas, obviously, you know, we're not anywhere close to to New York numbers here in Montgomery County. Are Harris County, Dallas County, Tarrant County, are they going to be having those problems? I'm not sure, but I do know for a fact that the Democratic infrastructure in Harris County wants mail-in ballots to be expanded. So that says to me that they're confident that they can handle the... You know, handle it at, on the infrastructure level because they would not be promoting it if they didn't feel they could handle it. Right. Now, I do want to tweak. I want to take step a toe outside of the infrastructure thing to talk about the Tennessee Supreme Court because what happened with them, the, uh, Tennessee Election Commission attempted an expansion to suddenly add COVID to your reasoning. Remember, every state is different. Every state has its own election laws. Right. So if we're going to get this together, it's either going to be by federal fiat. <laughs> Which is hard to do for elections. Right. Especially, uh, I just feel that in today's climate, anything the current president says will just, there's just maybe the automatic instant, re- the knee-jerk reaction, say this, and then we think about it. So, mm-hmm. um, 
But with Tennessee, uh, the Supreme Court in Tennessee overturned the expansion by simple, basically what they said was um, illness is allowed as a reason for that, but not fear of illness. Mm -hmm. And of course, historically, never in the history of this nation, Civil War, Spanish flu, H1N1, SARS, mm -hmm. bubonic plague, has this ever happened before? This is suddenly here and now. It'd probably be a whole different episode. You and I could talk about our personal thoughts on why this is mm -hmm. so important. So now, I think mine probably definitely won't jive <laughs> with yours. And so that's what I'm trying to stick with. Oh, we could talk about this, but I want to stick with the infrastructure or the legality. Um, with Nevada, uh, this is another interesting one because this is, of course, is, is in a, a hotspot right now. So the governor, Sisolak. Mm -hmm. I guess that's how you pronounce his I name, so. Steve. Yeah, him. Uh, this is for Clark County, where I got married in for this most yes. recent time. <laughs> Love you guys in Clark County. 17% um, of the ballots were undeliverable, were returned undeliverable. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of, like, let's check this state, let's check this, because I'm about to rip on a Republican, so know that I'm, you know, I'm equal opportunity when I come to <laughs> malfeasance. Uh, but it's been around the 17 to 20-something percent seems to be a good number in general. And this one was uh, pretty much 223 ballots bounced as undeliverable for this June primary. Uh, so did you have to apply for the ballot? Or did, were they just sending it out? To they were sending it out. To everybody, yeah. whether you applied or not. Right, and these were 58 were in, 58 percent of the these ballots went to inactive voters. 42 were active. See, and that's why we have the infrastructure. See, if we're talking just about Texas, we have the infrastructure because number one, um, our election central sends out your voter registration card every two years mm -hmm. and it, it is not allowed to be forwarded. So mm -hmm. they constantly keep up to date with who's no longer at those addresses and you have to apply for your mail-in ballot. The only time you automatically get it is at the beginning. At any time you apply for it, you can check a box that says the rest of the ballots for that year will be automatically sent to you. But it's just one calendar. Mm -hmm. So they're not sending ballots to people who may have moved, you know, two years ago. They're only sending them to people who have, who have requested them. Which is awesome. And I think you and I are firmly, this is how to do it. Unfortunately, with something like this, then we get into what, you know, new, new nomenclature for people, ballot harvesting. Mm -hmm. And now in 2018 in North Carolina... And this was a this is Republican, so yeah. you know I'm wailing on you. There's a GOP operative named Dallas. I can't I didn't bother to learn his first name. <laughs> you weren't worth it. Uh, now he'd actually been an operative for both parties. He was a, a political operative, mm -hmm. so you know basically whoever he thinks he wants to win gets it. But he was representing a candidate for a GOP candidate for for Congress. He just flat out frauded the mm -hmm. thing. Uh, it was from 2018 congressional general election. Uh, he oversaw in court, it was determined a network that harvested and spoiled absentee ballots. Now, I am all for absentee ballots, balloting, um, and growing up overseas, because you have to prove who you are. There are certain... It is, in Texas, the same exact procedure. Exactly. But what he did is 905 votes. The candidate eventually had to step out because he's like, I don't even know this guy. He had nothing to me. Um, so only 905 votes that he jacked with could have changed that election. Mm -hmm. So again, going back to the, it didn't have to be widespread, it just has to be very strategic. I'll just finish off the Clark County thought. In 2016, 52% of Clark County went for Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. 
It didn't wouldn't take that much for someone to, hey, look at all these balanced. I'm not saying someone would do that, but the opportunity, especially right now, again, in this climate where... What's the difference between that and... So the way that voting works in Montgomery County at the ballot box and uh, across Texas, as far as I'm aware, it's mm-hmm. a little bit different county to county, but there are separate machine parts at the ballot box. So there's the machine that has all of... It's the poll book, but in a machine, uh-huh. and it has all the voters. You look in the little Star Trek viewer thing. To yeah. Pop, pop, pop. Yep, that's so my address. You can, you know... When you sign. Right. And then there's the machines themselves, mm-hmm. and then that information gets sent back to another machine, and that has the, the, t- mm-hmm. the counts. Don't forget the sticker. Yes. The sticker, the sticker that says I voted. It's very important. It is very important. Yes. Um, that mach- those machines are hand-delivered back to Election Central. Mm-hmm. And... The rules say that one person from each side should, they should follow each other mm-hmm. so that it is, a lot of times that does not happen. And it and should. One person, it should. But Both it Both people should, hand, you and I should handcuff ourselves yep. to each side of the ballot. <laughs> not joking. But, and it is traditionally Republicans who have been judges and clerks for a very long time and they want to take it up on their own. There is no difference in the ease. In fact, it's easier to get that box on the way up to Election Central. And if you have the technological know-how, hack in and change those votes. Yep. So why are we allowing people to vote in person? Because, of course, it's the... Look at the old days of... You could literally stuff a ballot box. Mm -hmm. I got pencil, I got paper, I can do it. There's always the human condition, which is why so many things look good on paper, communism, um, but doesn't take into account the, the human um, interaction. I'll, I'll refer you to that movie, Leonardo DiCaprio, based on Frank Avenon, the, uh, the uh, Catch Me If You Can. Oh, yeah. Wow. Now, That's I'm old. I think I'm appreciatively older than you. I remember the 60s, basically. <laughs> um, in the old days, it would it's incredibly easy to kite a check. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, not so much as technology advances. So, yeah, there will always be the human condition. So you want to mitigate as much as possible. You know, we had hanging chats. No more paper ballots. Now, they they can do this. Okay, there's that. Again, everything you're saying on many levels, the, the theory of it and even the partial practice of it, I'm on board with. But it's it's one thing to say, okay, we got a precinct of 5,000 people in. We have a nation with 300 million. And if we want, you know, 30, 60 million are going to vote, um, of course, we'd like 150 million voting. But we're talking not 5,000, 50 million. Mm-hmm. We're just not ready for it. I would be the first uh, Wednesday after Election Day. You and I should sit down and go over a, a foolproof plan to mitigate as much risk as possible for a national. Because there's the other issue. We're all starting, well, in Texas, we do this. In Nevada, they do that. North Carolina, they got this. Tennessee, so forth. There's no way to get all all these entities on the same page for a national election in time. Right. And there's never going to be because the state's rights, right? I mean, the states have the right to... But full faith and credit would, would balance that out, I feel. You know, with saying like my Las Vegas marriage license, I'm legally married in Texas. My driver's right. license... Right. That's, so full, that's full faith and credit. Um, and if I'm talking down to you, I'm sorry, it's more for the, <laughs> them than you. <laughs> People say I'm condescending. That's, That's when you talk down to people. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, 
I would feel that, you know, that could work its way up, up the ranks. And I think we have whomever wins the election. And by the way, I'm running for president, Skippy for president. Know it. Um, I tied for third last time. I'm just saying. I only won. I only lost one more state than Walter Mondale did hey, in 2016. Yeah, so I'm very happy about that. But I think this time, yes, COVID is just jacking with a lot of stuff. We can, or there are those who can, in another episode, talk about possible theories, conspiracy or otherwise, why it's suddenly so important right here, right now for this one. Um, I feel we may do the best we can within the legal parameters, knowing that there's just no way there's going to be a national, because of the infrastructure. Uh, I will be glib, and this is designed purely get your goat, to put the post office in charge of election results makes as much sense to me as putting the IRS in charge of who gets health care benefits. They're, it's just not designed for it. I, I know you just want <laughs> <laughs> Next week on... But I just... It's I, just not designed for it right now. Right. And so for, with weeks to go, and it's already, the process has already started, I don't think in the history you can start a political season, an electoral season. You know, it's already started. Halfway through to change the rules. I do think that... Well, first, I want to say two points. Number one, I feel like you are just okay with the fraud that has always been in place. In, you in got me. I love fraud. No, no, but I'm saying you're you admitting that there's just as much fraud or likelihood of fraud with the system we have now. Oh, no, no, not at all. I thought that's what you... No, I'm saying there, there comes a point where you have to... In the literary world, it's called killing the baby. You have to let go of something. Now, you've got to mitigate it wherever possible. We got rid of paper right. ballots, and we got rid of hanging chads. As technical, remember, for every uh, spyware or for every uh, antivirus program, there's a new virus. You right. know, people are. But I mean, going we forward. have we we have a system where there's going to be, but not on this scale. Uh, these are the I numbers. I just don't I think that there's. That's, I mean, the, Washington and Oregon have been doing it successfully and not... Right, that's two. We have 50. Right, right. But I'm saying all we have to worry about right now is Texas. And as Texans, we, we're... As the chair of the Montgomery County Democratic Party, I'm worried about Montgomery County, Texas. Absolutely. I, I, I won't obviously take that In away from Texas. you. That, that is your primary concern, yes. And so we have... We have a um, word just flew right out of my head. But we have Welcome a to model. My world. <laughs> we have models that have done it and not had problems. And I'm just saying that the you worry about the fraud and you look at where it could be and how to mitigate it, how to prevent it, what to do if it happens. But you don't throw the system out and and keep people from voting because you're worried about. But I'm not a keeping small, people from voting. You are if people are afraid of going to the ballot box and especially in a place like Montgomery County where we have an law enforcement who has put on paper the fact that they will not enforce a mask mandate. Mm -hmm. And we have people who are coughing and sneezing on people in public places to prove somehow that we're not in the middle I of the I encountered pandemic. such a jerkwad the other day at the bank, and I admit, yeah, there so, are those who do that. So there are people who have to be protective of their health mm -hmm. to the point where if they go stand in line and encounter people who are not being proactive about their health, puts them at risk. And so 
And just in general, pandemic aside, like I said, we as a party do not believe in suppressing people's right to vote and putting conditions on people's right to vote. But conditions exist, felons. It's, it's, okay. it's, yes. it's, and, it's like saying, you know, first there are limits on freedom of speech. But, but there is an fire. argument that felons should have the right to vote. I'm willing to listen to that argument, too, uh, especially as someone who's completed, and I also believe, depending on, on, unfortunately, depending on the felony, and I'm the first person that says you can't pick and choose who you enforce your laws on. So, so there's that. Um, something interesting about, like, like uh, California and New Jersey, because these are both, of course, you know, Democratic, uh, too, 100,000 ballots were disqualified in California thus far. New Jersey, 19% were disqualified. Um, these are, as a Republican, saying, "I'm." These aren't working for the Democrats, right? Uh, so you know, I, I strongly feel um, take myself out of party. The suppression, possibly not the word I choose um, for that. I don't want to suppress the vote on anyone unless they're legally not allow, uh, allowed to vote. Um, a lot of the, except for Tennessee. Uh, every, every example I've given you has been not in the favor of the Republicans. Mm -hmm. So again, I, whether I'm Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Green, Coffee Party, whatever, I would feel the same way about the the proposed plan will not work. I also firmly believe that if this proceeds the way it is and the current administration gets reelected, it's going to be four years of hearing, well, we can't say Russia or China or North Korea or the European. Nobody outside of this country likes this administration. Mm -hmm. So therefore, what foreign power would want him to be reelected? None of them. So it's going to be, well, it must have been that, which is why there's a system in place. It's worked through war, through pandemics, through, through history. Of course, we must update. It's too little too late. Now, I'm going to throw something out there that we'll probably agree on very strongly about. Uh, it's uh, There's a county in central Texas, Williamson County. Mm -hmm. They're putting together contactless drive-through voting. Yes. I and am you, a huge honking fan of that. You can do drive-through voting in, in Montgomery County. It's not... I don't know what they mean by contactless. So Well, I would presume it's like the... Uh, well, like Taco Bell. We're going to talk Taco Bell again. <laughs> Going up, you know, it's... They'll take your card with a with a little baby wipe. Right. Just prove your identity. Get this. Everything's wiped down. Basically, nothing is physically. I don't touch you. Right. At any given. And moment. so you can do that in Montgomery County. I'm assuming across Texas. It's drive up voting, mm -hmm. and you uh, drive to the front of the polling location. Depending how the polling location is laid out, sometimes they can see you. You can always call Election Central, and they'll call the mm -hmm. judge and tell. And then they bring out um, part of the machine disconnects. And they bring it out, and um, and you can do it. So yeah, definitely there are. No, unfortunately, that means that that puts an undue burden. Well, I got to have a car to do that. So there are no right. perfect answers right. to this. I think in anything we're saying, there's no perfect answer. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, we 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 know I'm not, and I know you weren't saying I was good with fraud. I got we're talking. There comes a point where you have to say, well, I'll put it in perspective. I used to work in the oil and gas industry company I worked for actually provided the wellhead for the Macondo well, which everyone else knows is the Deepwater Horizon thing. Um, that company actually 
they found out that that wellhead was the only thing that worked. But I was talking to my boss at the time saying, why is it taking so long to fix this? Well, because of this. Well, why didn't they have that in mind? Well, because of this. And I, I was almost like a little kid going, but why, but why? Till he finally said, because there comes a point where it's got to be realistic. And the, you know, for that, the previous accident that had happened had been the 1960s and almost never happened. But it's like saying, well, what happens if a plane's landing gear come down? Well, then this. Well, what if that? There comes a point where you're saying, there comes a point in the election process where at some point someone's got to hold on to it. There's a chance. But, you know, once these ballot boxes are in the truck, there needs to be the Republican chair and the Democratic chair sharing the same cup of coffee, watching it as it drives there and gets mm-hmm. it back. I will say that I wish... People need to understand, I think people need to think, why are the Republican, why is the Republican leadership against mail-in ballots? I've not heard. Well, against mail-in ballots or this new paradigm, I hate buzzwords, but. So I. I don't think we're opposed to mail-in ballots. So I'm not 100% um, discounting infrastructure, but the Republican leadership is not mentioning infrastructure at all until maybe recently with the New York thing, but traditionally they have not been. The Republican leadership is focusing on fraud. Donald Trump does not realize that there is no difference between mail-in ballots and absentee ballots. The process is exactly the same. All of the Republican leadership in if Texas... I may cut in, except for the, the ballots that are being mass mailed out. The ones like in New York and California. Well, if those, if those places do it differently, then... But I'm saying is, there yeah. is that, that there yeah. is a vi- big difference. The Republican leadership who has said that it increases fraud, that there's no accountability, that there's no way to prove that you are who you are, and Donald Trump, who has said the same thing, all of those people have done mail-in ballots. Hmm? All of them. They're fine with their votes being counted by mail-in ballots. They are fine. They were fine with it until Democrats wanted to do it. So I If don't... I may, you got to counter with this. Deborah Wasserman Schultz, who was the chair of the DNC, and when she was a congressman, said and the actual quote was, Mellon has wrong all over it. And she gave every example of what you're saying doesn't happen. The chair of the DNC and a Democratic congresswoman said the exact same thing. Yeah, but she's problematic. Well... <laughs> I'll, I'll take that, thank you, but but it's like, it's kind of swaying with the breeze, right. and but of here co- in Texas, Republicans play that game right. too when it comes Texas, to redistricting, so I'm with you. Yeah, in Texas, mm-hmm. it's been, they were fine with the way it was, and in fact, the Texas Republican legislature made it easier to say you have a disability when they took away the doctor's signature requirement, mm-hmm. and so now it's a problem, and so... I think it's the timing and the scope. You really think that's Abbott's problem, is the timing. And the scope. Well, I, I wouldn't presume to, to, to read his mind. But if you notice today, you know, as the duly show representative of, of the big elephant in the room, uh, you know, I'm the first one to say fraud, wrong, wrong argument. I, I constantly am going to say to try and tell people the wrong arguments are being pursued. And that goes all the way up to the top. I will I will rip the GOP as much. I'm going to tick off people on both sides of the aisle. <laughs> um, yeah, the wrong arguments. Get off fraud. And again, I, I will maintain you don't need it widespread. You just need 2% of people in Clark County, Nevada, to, to do their thing, and all of a sudden you flip the state. So it's always a possibility. 
this is just the, the scale, the scope, and the timing of this. I enjoin both parties, elephants and donkeys alike, to get off the fraud, to, to say, can the USPS, United States Postal Service, handle this right here, right now? And I say, absolutely not. And, okay, I mean, I think, I think you could, I think there are infrastructure arguments could be made. I don't think here in Texas, the way we do it, especially in Montgomery County, it's as much of an issue as obviously it had been in New York. But. New York, California, and, and Montana's got it easier than us. There are right. more tumbleweeds than people. But if fraud was really the issue, then something would have been done back in 2016 when we know there was outside interference in elections. Something would be happening now when we know our voting machines are hackable, when here in Montgomery County we don't have a, a, a paper trail mm -hmm. with ballots, when there has been arguments over how much money should be allocated to states to increase their security. And, and you know, money was given out, Republicans in Texas tried to block it, then some was let out. When it came down to it, Montgomery County got $120,000. They can do absolutely nothing as far as upgrades to machines with the $120,000. And we're not a huge county. It took we're that much to rebuild county. my house after the last flood. Yeah. I'm just saying. So if they, if the, if the problem was really fraud, there's plenty of places that we should be going after. Absolutely. That we're not. Which is why the problem is not really fraud. Right. It's a good soundbite. And I'm the, again, I'm the first to, to say that. I'm the Republican that probably makes the veins pop out because I'll agree on, on that. Absolutely. Uh, fraud is an issue. It's not the issue. Um, you know. But they're making it the issue. And now mm -hmm. we have people who, when they show up to vote and they're Hispanic and they speak with an accent, people are watching them wanting to know if they're here legally or not. When they're U.S. citizens, we're not even, it's not even an immigration issue. Mm -hmm. But Trump and other Republicans have convinced people that we're bringing in cartloads of illegals, and I hate that word, to vote. And so any person who fits that profile becomes suspect at the voting, at the, at the, at the polling place. So it's not just political buzzwords to make everybody scared of fraud. It has real world creates real world problems for people who already have enough societal problems and already have enough problems getting and exercising the right to vote. And now we've turned into, you know, regular citizens into the built in secret police. And absolutely, right. which is why for me, one of our most cherished institutions in this country is the right of secret ballot. Mm -hmm. The Alaska ballot, I think is what they call it. Absolutely. Um, to this day, no one knows who, you know, who I vote, will vote, have voted for president, well, except for Reagan in 80, 84. Um, but absolutely, uh, people like that, citizens should not be, uh, citizens or those whose citizenship is suspected should not be harangued, waylaid, or questioned in a voting booth line. It's unconscionable, and I absolutely agree with that. The fear is stoked by those who wish to throw logs mm -hmm. in the fire. If we take California, because you started off the, this broadcast with the whole tie-in voter registration with driver's licenses. Mm -hmm. And now what's California pushing for? Driver's licenses for right. undocumented immigrants or illegally, however you want to phrase it. It's So there's the way, A goes to B, and there was even an episode of The West Wing, which a show that I loved of all things, that actually, they're actually saying that. Let's give them the driver's licenses, that way they can get voter registration cards. You get a whole bunch more votes. 
And I'm watching this. I in don't the, remember in, that yeah. happening in there, but I. I Connie Britton was in that as, as Josh <laughs> and uh, Connie Britton's but, character. Yeah. So, so the fear is easy to take center stage be, because, you know, even Aaron Sorkin, who's slightly left of Mao with his <laughs> liberal views, said, this is how easy it is. But it's. That, really, yeah. That being said, if someone's in voting line, you do not question their right to be there. I'm the first one to say that. Absolutely. It's unconscionable. And if I'm in a line and that happens to me, I'll turn around like I did the guy behind me at the bank two days ago who just did not want to put his mask up. And, uh, you know, there's always booby heads right. that, that but, will do that. I mean, voter suppression, voter intimidation is a real thing. And it only takes one time of being intimidated at the polling place to never show up again, which is why it's even more important to be able to mail in your ballot. We have, I had the primary runoff just last month. We have had reports of black citizens being harassed in the polling places by Republican judges. And bringing up, throwing fraud around and insisting that we're bringing in cartloads of people who don't, who aren't citizens to vote. That is the end result. Real people are getting hurt. Hopefully not physically although that yes. happens, mm -hmm. but are getting hurt and being denied their right to vote because of this fear-mongering that goes on at the leadership level. Definitely some some issues going on, uh, whether voter suppression, because there are three, hold on, um, the three broad categories of federal election crimes, campaign finance, civil rights, and voter and voter registration fraud. Those are the three. And all three here in my book, may be difficult to prove or um, uh, not indict, uh, pursue, uh, but they're both three very equal, in, not very equal, and they're the equal FEC in FEC doesn't have enough members for a quorum, so they can't go after campaign finance problems right now. And, that, and that, that, that's an issue. I believe there needs to be substantial campaign finance reform. I believe we need the civil rights issues at the polling place need to be addressed. Absolutely. And of course, in voter voter registration fraud is right up there with, with me because, again, it's not enough to say, well, it's just a little only 6% are cheating on their taxes. Well, it's still 6%. It's the IRS isn't putting their full weight and force behind those 6% right now because what well, it's manageable. I, I don't know how to complete that right. sentence. It's an issue. It's been an issue. It's going to be an issue. We'll get to that. And I think. My thrust of, of, of this conversation is just if we'd had this discussion right here, right now, 12 months ago, 24, 86, 10 years ago, I would be all over it. But we are 90-something days. Yeah, there is just no way. And I do believe yeah, I was alive for hanging chads up to the Supreme Court. And that was that took, what, 10 days, I think, of us going. I felt like like it took longer than that. It, it could be long. No, well, ten days <laughs> I felt was like Hurricane. It took about ten years. No, ten days was what I had no power after Hurricane oh, Ike. Yes. Okay, but there was that, and of course, you see the latest memes. Oh, uh, Nancy Pelosi will be president. Well, she wouldn't because she would be. That's right. Yeah. But well, I think, love the Twelfth Amendment. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, we're running up to time, so I'll have to take this up another okay. time. Okay, it does bring your your point about it's too late, and we should have been talking about this earlier. Does bring up a point that. One thing the pandemic has shown us is how tenuous a lot of our society is and how it can 
That is a ding, ding, ding. I mean, the fact that we have a coin shortage. <laughs> that okay. Well, next week on Purple Ball, right? I'll talk, I have thoughts on the coin um, shortage. You know, people are trying to figure out how to have their kids do school virtually when mm -hmm. they have two parents in, the, in that have to leave the house for work. I mean, just our entire system has been crumbling this year mm -hmm. because of one disease. And what does that mean about our system and its merits and its... In honesty, having grown up in the Cold War, I always thought it would be an EMP, electromagnetic mm -hmm. pulse, that would take us down. Different the kind of raids, different kind of bug, yeah. Yeah, the air raid siren was on the corner of my street. Um, oh yeah, wow! Okay. Outside DC, so yeah, and and one time it went off by accident when it wasn't a oh, schedule. Lord. At thing, least we're not so. Hawaii, where you have thirty <laughs> minutes of the missiles are coming. Yep. Uh, speaking of technology, and these are great topics to, to to talk about in future times. How about I stick around for not today, but I come back again and we that just keep great. this conversation yes. going. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, I think we have some great thoughts. We're both, you, you know, I think we both know what we're talking about, and. Uh, Maybe we find some stuff in the middle. We'll Who see. knows? <laughs> well, y'all have been watching Purple Politics, a discussion between the red and the blue here in the Woodlands, brought to you by Woodlands Online. You can watch this on Woodlands Online, our Roku channel, over the air on KVQT HD 21, or listen to us on the Woodlands podcast page, as well as iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for upcoming uh, episodes, please email us at woodlandspurplepolitics, all one word, at gmail.com. Thanks for joining. The views expressed during this show are mine and my co-hosts alone and not reflective of any particular political party or organization.